0: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and we see every day, every week, every month, the need for people to fulfill the obligations of that most important political office in order to maintain a free country. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Don Dix, and uh, we have a guest here who exemplifies that statement that we quote from Justice Louis Brandeis so often that the most important political office is that of the private citizen. And that's Agnes Giboney, who, um who is against her will, forced to assume an activist role uh, in, the, in the field of illegal immigration. Back in 2002, her only son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien. And that has been her gateway into political activism as she tries to get the politicians to enforce our immigration laws. To So no other family has to go through what her family went through. And it's particularly coming to a head right now because the murderer of her son is scheduled to be released from prison on november 23 and it's unclear at this point what's going to happen to him will he be picked up by ice will be deported Or are just going to be turned out onto the streets to uh, potentially commit further crimes and further murders so agnes welcome to the show and i know that um, we're recording here on thursday and you just had a big press conference this morning as well on the same subject
1: Exactly. Thank you for having me. Yes, the press conference, uh, I believe it was a great success. We had uh, uh, some patriots there uh, in support. And I want to... Uh reiterate this press conference wasn't just for me this was a press conference for all the victims of illegal alien crimes who no longer have a voice to defend themselves and for those families who are not assertive enough or don't know the ropes to come forward and speak up and 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 oppose this idiotic bill called sanctuary state
0: And you're fortunate in the sense that because of your activism, you have come to the attention of President Trump, and you've met with him a number of times, and you have contacts in the administration, contacts in the Department of Homeland Security, that the vast majority of families in your position don't have. Correct.
1: Correct. Correct. So I am very blessed to have had the opportunity to meet our incredible, incredible, uh, compassionate, kind, hardworking, dedicated Patriot President Donald J. Trump, an incredible uh, man. And I'm very honored uh, to call him my president. He is a true American Patriot.
2: Now, this press conference that you spoke at was held at the Pomona Courthouse. And you chose the Pomona courthouse for a very specific reason. What was that?
1: Well, that's where my son's killer was uh, tried and uh, not tried. Uh, the judge that uh, Judge Horan uh, th- pled with him to plead the case down from first degree, second degree murder uh, down to voluntary manslaughter, which carried only a sentence of 11 years, and he got the max plus uh, 10 years for using a firearm, and uh, that's where he was sentenced. And that's where my rights started being violated, uh, secondarily by the uh, legal system, by not allowing me to say my impact statement after the sentencing.
2: Now, at this courthouse press conference, you were trying to call attention to the pending release of your son's murderer, killer, and you're having trouble getting accurate information as to exactly when and where that release is happening. Is that normal? I mean, do, do people who are victims and victim families have trouble getting information about when and where uh, their uh, family member's uh, murderer, killer is being released?
1: Yes, and, and essentially, we all complain that we are the ones, the victims are the ones treated as the criminals. We are not privy to much information. Uh, we are not told what day exactly. Like they said, he's going to be released November 23rd, but according to code, civil code section, whatever, he could be released one or two days earlier. They are not saying if he's going to be released from the prison, Calipatria State Prison, where he's currently housed, or he's going to be transferred to downtown and then released from there. They. Take you nothing and you are in suspense and nobody Oh, we can't tell you it's confidential information
0: so I know you've been working this very hard and kind of trying to get information from the state prison authorities and communicate with ice about what trying to get him picked up and uh, so he's not back out on the streets tell us uh, what, you've, what you've had to go through to try to work this problem
1: I think it would have been easier to uh, go through a corn maze than it has been to navigate through the legal system and the mumbo-jumbo of offices that you call and nobody calls you back, and it, it, it ends nowhere. Uh, it, it's an insanity. I have been talking to one person in D.C. Uh, 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 from Voice and uh, essentially, they said that uh, ICE is not being notified of when he 's going to be released and I, and I asked, what am I supposed to do in the meanwhile? Watch over my shoulder every second of the of the day and she goes well e r o the uh, enforcement the removal officer will hunt him down. Well, he declared himself a transient, so where are they going to hunt him down and and, and it's stuff like that that just makes it so frustrating. Uh, this should be a no brainer. Here's a felon, a murderer, who had been previously deported, even if he hadn't been deported. I don't care about that. But he's an illegal alien and ready to be released. There should be no questions. ICE go into jails, pick him up, they hand him over, take one handcuff off, put the other one on, and away he goes. But it's not like that. It's so complicated. There's just so many offices and interferences. The sheriff does not allow ICE in the jails. Uh, It's a disaster. It's a disaster. We need to probably remove half of these uh, so-called big-name, big-titled offices and big-salary employees and eliminate all of them. Put real people to work in these places that will give you information. Years ago, we could call CDCR and get information on our inmates. Well, we can't call in anymore. You have to send an email, and half the time they answer and don't answer your questions. They usually via email, they don't even tell you the day that he's being released, just November 2019. Then we had the uh, Vine, V-I-N-E, which is throughout the United States that gathers information on criminals from all over the country. I think most states are part of Vine now. Well, California Department of Corrections dropped Vine. They used to be a good source of information because they gave us uh, a lot of information about the inmate and about, the, 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 about our case, where they are and, you know, what the release date is, the correct date and everything Vine is no longer allowed uh, to uh, access any information on inmates. So you are at the mercy of these idiotic, stupid politicians here in the in the sanctuary state of California and these sheriffs in L.A. that do not want to uh, have ICE in their jails, Instead, they, they jeopardize the safety of our community, of our members, by allowing the criminal back into, the street, back into our streets, which recidivism is extremely high. Why are we giving them a chance to victimize another person?
0: Well, I remember when the, the proponents of SB 54, the state sanctuary state law that only protects criminal illegal aliens, they assured us that serious crimes like murder were not were not covered by SB 54, and those really, quote, serious criminals were going to be turned over to ICE. But what we see in practice, in your case, that's not happening.
1: No, it is not happening. And in the majority of the cases, it isn't happening. Either this Idiot uh, governor of ours, who is uh, 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 commuting sentences for criminal, violent criminals, even illegal aliens. They think, does he think that uh, ICE couldn't pick those people up? We don't care. I wouldn't care if they, uh, if Governor Brown. Pardon them. They still a criminal. They still offended and committed a crime. Get out of our country. You have no business uh, living in this country. Get out. You know, and, and it, it, it's just a, 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 so much red tape. It's just so frustrating. It's so emotionally, mentally draining. I'm telling you that for the past three months, I have been spinning my wheels like, you have no idea. Nobody should have to be uh, so, suffer so much like I have this last three months needlessly. Because it could be very simple. You're an illegal alien. You committed a crime against a citizen of this country. Even if it's against another illegal alien, get out of here. We should have free access to the prisons. And I hope that the federal government, call the National Guard, call whoever, and start charging these politicians, harboring, aiding, and abetting these criminals in the state of California and allowing them to go free and breaking our laws. You know, in a communist country, these uh, political officials, they would be either shot they would be in forced camp, forced labor uh, prisons if they went against their government. Gavin Newsom would be a perfect example. He should be the first one handcuffed and thrown into jail.
2: I can't disagree more. You
0: can't disagree more? No. I think that these people should be locked up and have the keys Mm -hmm. thrown away. And 1324 of the Immigration Act does provide that... aiding and abetting illegal immigration is a crime. Never mind the law might be invalid, it is a crime. Let's take a pause here and hear a word from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, Ed Hoffman, the man to go to for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this.
3: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months.
4: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizens, our listeners, individuals out there that uh, vote every two years. Uh, we've got a we've got a very important election coming up right now we've got Agnes Gibbony she is on the phone. you've seen her on Fox TV you've seen her on other uh, radio other TV programs and heard her on other radio shows. She is with us right now because the California Department of Corrections has given her the heads up that the individual the prisoner, the convict. The murderer is going of her son uh, is going to be released. And that date was set for a range of dates. The location is still a bit of a mystery. And all this is being done so as to possibly confuse ICE, throw them off the scent of this individual because he is an illegal alien here in California. And ICE would like to remove him. Do I have all that right, Agnes?
1: Yes you do. Yes you
2: do. And you have been through literally hell and back trying to find out from the various different departments within California's bureaucracies that deal with inmates uh when he's going to be released, where he's located, what's going on. So much to the to the extent that you actually feel like you've been treated as the criminal and the criminal is being given rights that, you know, you would think that a private citizen would have, not necessarily a criminal. Do um, I have all that right? Yes, you do. Well, this this release is imminent. What have you learned from other parents who have been through the same thing as you, where their children have been victims or family members have been victims of illegal alien crime? What have you seen as far as how their cases were handled by the state of California?
1: Well, uh, some of them, uh, I I know Angie Morphine up north, whose son Ruben was executed, I think he was 13 years old, years back, I think in the 90s. Uh, Most of the uh, killers, uh, the the young individual that killed, uh, executed her son, they were out. Who knows where? Maybe they're reoffending here, back in California again. Um, And they're all—all the angel families, angel moms—are spread out. uh, Not just here in California. I know one in San Diego. A couple of them in San Diego, Uh, but other families are going through the same thing—the insanity. Some going through parole hearings. I don't get the luxury of a parole hearing because he was sentenced for a determinate sentence, but even a parole hearing... You think about the family that uh, lost a loved one, lost a child. Now every 10, 15 years, uh, every 10, uh, 10 years, every two, three years, you have to go back and face your killer, your child's killer, uh, to have to go for a parole hearing and to beg mercy for them not to let him out, mm-hmm. not to parole him. And, you know, it, it's like uh, salt on a wound. You know, it, it's just reopens the wound all over again and you're reliving. I have been incarcerated mentally and emotionally for the past 17 years along with this guy that murdered my son. Mm. But I'll be damned if I'm going to sit back and allow him to be released back into my community, into our state, into our country so he can put somebody else through the same hell he put me through. Not if I have a say so. So I'm fighting not just for my son that I, unfortunately, nothing can be done, but in his memory and the memory of every victim out there who have been victimized one way or the other by an illegal alien, uh, because it leaves a scar. Even if you survived, even if it was just a robbery or an assault or a sexual assault, even identity theft, it leaves scars. It and, leaves trauma.
0: And that, and you really have gone out. You haven't just... You... What, you know, uh, sat back and felt sorry for yourself and grieved, and is you tr- made this a cause that? Well, you can't bring Ronald back. You can try to keep prevent them from being more Ronalds.
1: That's right. Only because I love my country. This is my country. I cannot express to you enough how much I adore my country. I adore my certificate of citizenship. I love my passport. I love my red and white blue flag. I am not going to be uh intimidated by any politician like Gavin Nuisance. Or Nusance. Any uh, other
0: we, po- we, we caught we caught that. Gavin Nuisance.
1: Gavin Nuisance, I will not be intimidated. I will not tolerate If I can help it, another family having to live through what I've been through. And that's why I speak up. God gave me the the integrity, the courage, the strength. Yes, there are days that you have to, I don't want to get out of bed. I have my days, trust me. But then I wake up the next day, maybe two days later, and I'll say, okay, I'm ready to go kick some butt again. And I'm doing just that. I'm not just talking. I am. Working so somebody else doesn't have to ever feel the pain that I feel.
0: One of the things that, and it's going to give me a better understanding, is if I'm from, from the press conference, was not just that Ronald is dead and murdered and your, your loss, but how that rippled across your entire family. Yes. Tell us about yes. that.
1: Yes. My, my daughter uh, read uh, a letter that she posted on Facebook uh, yesterday. Uh, What she would tell the killer, she is um, extremely distraught, uh, worried about me. and I told her, don't worry about me. I'll be okay. And she goes, I'm not worried that he's coming out. I'm worried that he's going to take you away from me too. So my daughters have to live with this uh, secondary trauma. They lost their brother. He wasn't at, uh, He couldn't be at her wedding. He couldn't be at my other daughter's uh, birth of her grandson. He couldn't be there at their graduations, at weddings, at any special uh, events. Um, you know, it affected my family, uh, my husband, who was the deputy chief at El Monte PD, because he felt helpless that he could, there was nothing he could do. He couldn't fix it. He couldn't bring Ronald back.
0: Mm. And, your, bro- and, and your, bro- thing- your brother passed away shortly thereafter and your parents. Four and-
1: months. Yes. Four months after Ronald was killed.
0: There's a lot of
2: conversation about whether or not these individuals commit crimes at rates higher or lower than their respective populations. Um, I I don't know. That's not even, to me, an important conversation to have. If we can remove people from our communities that show a high propensity of committing crimes we should be doing everything we can to get rid of them. If we have an avenue, I mean, obviously, if an American citizen commits a crime and they do their time and they get out, they go uh, back into the community. But if we could remove people that show the propensity for committing these crimes and doing these kinds of things, we should be doing everything we can to get them out of America and reduce, I mean, after all, a government's primary purpose is to keep its citizens safe. That's 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 the primary purpose. Local government, it would be policing and fire. Uh, Federal government, that would be, you know, making sure from a national security perspective our borders are secure and that foreign countries that pose a threat are dealt with. Our government's sole responsibility is to keep us safe. And yet there's this restorative justice narrative that echoes through the Democrat Party that says that people that commit these crimes aren't necessarily fully responsible for their crimes they share that society shares that burden so let's reduce the crime i mean let's reduce their time in jail let's you know let them out early let's reduce there's a brand new da up in Sac, uh, up in san francisco that's going to be implementing a policy called decarceration which is the opposite of incarceration decarceration where people are going to be let out of prison early because the system that put them in there was flawed and they don't necessarily bear full responsibility for the crimes that they commit this is just this this whole narrative that the left likes to advance is is absolutely crazy and it's going to cost people their lives if not exactly. if not their property
1: Exactly. I have been to prison—federal uh, prison, state prison, uh, uh, youth correctional facilities—to do victim impact statements. I go to Ventura Youth Correctional Facility once a year during National Correct Victims' Rights Week in April to address the the young uh, the youths are in there. I have been to different units in that uh, 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 facility and. Trust me. Uh, as as hard as it is to uh, for me to say, all those children, all those young adults in there, are somebody is somebody's child, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, uh, somebody's grandson and granddaughter. But some of them, you need to throw the damn key away because they are cocky. They are full blown gang members. Why are we gonna? Like you said, we can't throw American citizens out of our country, but we can detain them. We're not going to leave them out. in the Agnes, street so we, they can are u- we
0: are up against a hard break here, and I want to thank you so okay. much for being on our show and everything you're doing for the cause. And we're particularly proud okay. to have you as part of our cabinet leadership team in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And we're going to be following the story uh, very, very closely. And hopefully, we hope that justice is going to be done, at least in your case and to the murderer. Of your son. Back after this. Thank you.
1: I hope justice will be done for every family.
3: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event Heard Weekends here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of any Anything That you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020 and listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM
4: 590. The answer. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
2: AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. When Donald Trump came down his, made his infamous escalator entrance onto the political scene, immigration took center stage in his platform. Oral arguments were just heard last week at the U.S. Supreme Court. A conservative majority of justices, Gregg, appeared ready to strike down deferred action for childhood arrivals. Now, this is the 2012 executive order issued by President Obama that has allowed 700,000 young immigrants to remain in the United States, even though they entered the country as minors, without authorization. That decision is going to be heard next spring, but many are saying that Democrats would be wise to trade DACA for a wall funding or some other manner. Uh, We're continuing our conversation about immigration because we started off with Angel Mom Agnes Gibney, who's. Sons murderer's release is imminent in any day. And right now, what we understand is the state of California appears to be playing fast and loose with ICE and therefore Agnes's family also in terms of uh, being specific about the actual date and location of the release.
0: Right. So ICE is unwilling to station officers for days on end, 24 hours a day. Outside of a Don't prison, blame outside of a prison, just waiting for this guy for one particular criminal, right? Right, and as, as we mentioned, that uh, the, the proponents of SB fifty four that makes san- the California a sanctuary state for criminal illegal aliens assured us that it wasn't going to apply to serious crimes like murder, but we see as a practical matter that it, the mur- the the murderer is likely not to be turned over and and if it happens it's only because of agnes's prominence prominence and persistence whereas for most p- families in this situation it's going to be you know screw you um we're not doing it we're, we're not doing anything for you or god forbid you know a family Unfortunately, agnes
2: has the uh, resources to be able to follow up on this regularly but i could see where You could have families that have other, you know, minor children. Uh, They're busy with all the matters of life. And trying to follow up on this is a major
0: time drain, time and energy drain. You get on the phone, you're on hold, you're on hold, they disconnect you, you know, we'll call you back, they don't call you back, or talk to this person, you have a voicemail message, and so on and so on. You know, it's kind of otherwise called the runaround. There's been some. Uh, there's been some. You know, other important uh, immigration news, and this didn't get a lot of attention. Dick Durbin, who is is a, a senator, is the number two Democrat in the Senate, and what he said was that we cannot open our doors to everyone who wants to come through tomorrow. There has to be an orderly process here, a process that really accommodates the world's ambition to be part of the future of America. Understand what he just said is that everyone in the world who wants to come here should be allowed to come here through a, quote, orderly process, unquote. And that's the position of the Democrat Party. And why is that?
2: How orderly is the process to allow seven billion people to enter the United States? Right. I mean, how orderly does that have to be in order for it to? One hundred million.
0: And never mind. Never mind getting to seven billion. How? About oh a, no, I how know. About, how about another hundred million? But if he's talking about, about the world million. population, right? Everyone. So not not everyone in the world is going to want to pack up and come here. Just a lot of them will. And the Democrat, your Democrat Party, wants to allow that. And why is that? Well, you look back to the 2016 election. Donald Trump won the native-born vote by 49 percent to 45 percent. He lost the naturalized citizen vote and probably a lot of illegal aliens voting as well, particularly here in California, by 64 to 31. That's why they want to let mass immigration into the country because it's making the country into California politically. In fact, the the, uh, LA Times just published an article this past week saying, you know, it's, quote, demographic changes, unquote, meaning mass immigration is dooming the the California Republican Party and ultimately the National Republican Party. And just uh, after the 2000, November... 2019 election the New York Times boasted that the result in Virginia that gave for the first time in a long time the Democrats control not only of the governorship but of both houses of the state legislature was due to a quote tidal wave unquote of immigration and and that's exactly what's happening and that's why we have open borders and and why they really don't care about people like Agnes and her murdered son Ronald because uh, to them, to the Democrat Party, Ronald is merely roadkill in their collateral drive for collateral power. damage. Right, yep. right. Power is really the central
2: theme of this because when you look at what's unfolding right now in Washington D.C. with these in, with these uh, hearings, it's clear when you clear when you when you part the 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 cloud that the Democrats like to assemble around. Both the individuals testifying as well as what they're saying, it's pretty clear that this impeachment inquiry is steeped in uh, anything but fact, has no factual basis. It's about relitigating the 2016 election. I had the opportunity over the recent uh, weekend, Greg, to interview George Papadopoulos. And for a lot of people still in America, that name is not familiar. Right. But he is the individual. He is ground zero. He's patient zero, as they say in the disease business, in the communicable disease business. He's patient zero in the whole scheme to uh, unwind. uh, Well, first of all, to unwind the presidency, but even before the presidency, to damage President Trump's campaign remember Peter Stroke talked uh, very cryptically about an insurance policy after interviewing George Papadopoulos I think it's highly conceivable that the plan to literally insert information into George Papadopoulos life that he may in the future share with the presidential campaign remember he spent a lot of time overseas the spycraft game overseas has a whole different set of rules than the spycraft game within the United States. You can do a lot more overseas than you can in the United States. Spying is conducted within the United States by the FBI. you got to get warrants you got to get, well, supposedly, you know, it's, it's control, but obviously we're learning something different. But, but ostensibly, there are there's supposed to be layers of protection for American citizens against being, against being spied upon by the FBI. Once an American citizen steps outside the United States, it's game on with the CIA. The CIA can virtually do anything, and they can do anything they want to with the cooperation and, in fact, the involvement and support of foreign governments. What happened to George Papadopoulos, essentially, is they inserted what he likes to refer to as a hand grenade into his hand. Their hope was that at some point in time, that hand grenade would go off, and he would say to any uh, executive in the Trump campaign, did you know that Russia has Hillary Clinton's emails? Because that's the information that Joseph Mifsud, this Maltese professor, gave to him in a meeting in London. Ultimately, the Australian... Ambassador tried to pump him for that information
0: Well, okay I mean, it wasn 't something they were just hoping, so they so the the FBI or the CIA spies tell Papadopoulos that the russians have hillary 's emails they then invite him to and he, see Papadopoulos was a was a low level unpaid advisor to the Trump campaign. So they invite him over there to give a paper about Turkish Cypriot energy, as if anyone really cares about that. But okay, so he, and he's feeling, he's feeling his ouch. Oh, yeah, I want to go, I'm going to get flown over to London and I'm going to put be I mean, you know, an expensive nice hotel. I'm going to give a paper. I'm going to have a conference. Well, I'm, I am moving up in the world. So then, then he's out at a bar, and they're, they're they're talking there, and someone talks about, brings up the subject, and then he yeah, then he repeats the information that he had already been given by the spy, the the U.S. government spies that the Russians had Hillary's emails. Guess and you guess just who happened to be passing by was the ambassador from Australia. Who, would, who just happened to be a multi-million dollar donor to the Hillary Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation. And then the ambassador goes back to the FBI and says, oh, there's this Trump campaign official in London talking about the Russians having Hillary emails. And then the FBI, having planted that information with Papadopoulos, uses it. To, oh, we need to go spy on the Trump campaign. And
2: yet there's more. He was invited over to Israel, ostensibly to do some work, get involved in a business opportunity. That person gives him $10,000 as a retainer and says, oh, keep it. He gets a little suspicious about the way that events unfold over there and eventually uh, leaves the money with an attorney of his in Greece uh, saying, you know, we're just return it. I don't want it. He arrives in Dulles Airport. There's FBI agents waiting for him at Dulles Airport. They arrest him. They rip apart his luggage looking for the $10,000, mumbling amongst themselves, where's the money? Because they thought that he would naturally bring it back into the United States. Well... That was the second I- grenade they inserted in him, and this was in 2017, once the Mueller investigation had begun. They held him for 24 hours, uh, interrogated him, let him go. The judge on arraignment says, you're probably going to spend 25 years in prison. He's like, for what? He gets his high-powered attorneys. The FBI interrogates him. This whole thing, the point is, getting back to the the where I went down this rabbit hole, this is about power. It's about raw power. The, the, the establishment, the, the bureaucrats, the, the bureaucracies in Washington, D.C., see Trump as a threat to that whole power structure. Immigration is one form, and illegal immigration is, is one form of keeping that power structure. Because they know that 80% of the people that come here from the United States illegally and legally eventually register as Democrats and yep. vote the party line. The entire coup, as witnessed through George Papadopoulos' experience, everything that we're seeing now, there was coup number one, which was the spying, was everything, crossfire hurricane investigation. Coup number two was the Mueller investigation. Now we're in coup, coup number three, which is ostensibly essential, these hearings. What, th- this is all about getting rid of Donald Trump. Why? Because he's a threat to the power structure that exists in Washington, D.C.,
0: Let's take a break here and we'll dive a little bit further into the latest impeachment hearings and we have, uh, we have, a, we have a great clip uh, to uh, highlight that after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this.
4: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Carstar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590,
2: The Answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So, even for a practical, supposedly hard nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do
3: this. What do you think the
4: intelligence community would do if they were. Motivated? I
2: don't know.
0: That was uh, from an, a one of the Schumer, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the number one Democrat in the Senate. And he went on one of the Democrat leaning cable TV shows. And he was asked this question. He really wasn't prepared for it. And so he gives this answer. This is very, way in the very beginning of Donald Trump's presidency about warning him about the intelligence community. And you have to wonder what you step back from that, first of all. Is that the elected officials of our country, the people that we elect, whether you like the guys or gals that have been elected or not, have to be afraid of the intelligence officials, the intelligence agencies that supposedly they control through, and that we supposedly get to control through our elected officials. So there's that. Then you see the hostility, and evidences uh, that these intelligence officials and agencies, the deep state have towards Donald Trump. And you, so we talked about what they did to try to stop him from being elected to begin with. And then they tried for three years to pin him with this Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And now we have the latest. And it's interesting to note, what this latest attempt with Ukrainian low-rent sequel, as Devin Nunes called it, began not with the Democrats. It began in the deep state. And they're the ones that uh, they changed the whistleblower rules so this guy, Chia Morella, could be a whistleblower who wasn't on the call. And then they changed the rules so so you could be a whistleblower with hearsay information. Ten days later, this uh, Chia Morella goes to Schiff and they start collaborating and working together on this latest coup attempt. And I think what's going on is this. The deep state sees that Barr and Durham, the U.S. attorney, are serious about their investigation of deep state and intelligence agency and FBI abuses under the Obama administration. And there may be indictments coming out of that. Plus, there's a separate inquiry by the inspector general about how the Obama administration, the agencies under him during that time, abused the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which, uh, which you go to a secret court. And you can get but you have to get a warrant if you want to conduct foreign intelligence surveillance of an American in the United States. And they lied to the court about that. They used the dossier that they the Hillary Clinton had paid for and contained Russian we now know contained Russian disinformation. And that wasn't told to the court. Oh, this is this was bought and paid for by Donald Trump's opponent in the election. That was never disclosed to the court. And even that, and that was renewed four times. And they, they have to certify to the court that this is reliable information, but Comey has stated publicly, didn't know whether it was true. So, so the, fearing being prosecuted and being, this being revealed publicly, I think this is why the deep state has initiated the current impeachment coup attempt and all they had to go, the be, the best thing they had to go on was this call in which Donald Trump mentioned investigating Joe Biden's corruption, which of course, of course it was corrupt. His son was getting, with no experience whatsoever, was getting $83,000 from a Ukrainian gas company. Of course it was corrupt. Of mm-hmm. course that was a thinly described bribe for Joe Biden. So in my opinion, that is what's really going on here. And to sum up this week's testimony, we have Ambassador Sondland, and we have have a little summary of examples of what he had to say.
3: Again, I don't recall President Trump ever talking to me about any security assistance, ever. Um, Did the
4: president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay, so the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. You called
3: President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on, and what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct.
1: president said, quote, no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Zelensky to do the right thing, do what he ran on, end quote. Is that correct? That's correct. That means it's all over.
2: That was... Unfortunately, it's not all over. No, it's not. It's far from over. But a little context, that was Representative Turner, who cleared up the confusion created by Schiff's misleading impromptu text... uh, press conference during the period when Sondland was testifying. And then simultaneously, CNN runs a headline that says Sondland says, yes, there was quid pro quo in the Ukraine scandal. Immediately, Representative Turner comes back in, says, we need to clear this up and absolutely nails Sundland And in, 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 in the course of doing so, the Democrats narrative about in point of fact, the president never said, that this was quid pro quo.
0: Yes. Now, first of all, assuming best case for the Democrats, Donald Trump tells President Zelensky of Ukraine that you're not getting your aid until you investigate the corruption involving Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden and, and the Ukrainian gas company Burisma. Let's assume that those are the facts. That is an entirely appropriate use of presidential authority and power, because investigating corruption involving uh, govern- American government officials is entirely appropriate, entirely in the public interest, and whether and all sorts of things may potentially rebound to the president's re-election. But ha- investigating corruption is appropriate, so that would not that would be legal and appropriate. But we never—that's not what happened. And as the Democrats' own witnesses have confirmed. It was never, that message was never communicated to Ukrainian President Zelensky. And you cannot possibly influence somebody to do something. I'm, I'm going to cut off your aid unless you do X. If you don't tell them you're cutting off the aid... There is th- th- I don't think th- 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 there's that a quid pro, pro le- quo. There's no, there, there, you have no leverage over the
2: person. Here's another lie that the Democrats are constantly inserting into this conversation. The first is that there was no Ukrainian election meddling. Almost every one of these witnesses has come up and said here. Yeah, there's no – and there was. There was a lot of Ukrainian election meddling. The second thing is about a do-not-prosecute list. There absolutely was a do-not-prosecute list. One of a, – a George Soros organization in the Ukraine was – they were instructed not to prosecute this. But then there's an even bigger lie, saying that, that whistleblowers deserve special protection. There's only one person that can't release a whistleblower's name, and that's the inspector general. Congress can. The media can. The president can. Anybody can. In point of fact, I don't know why they aren't. But then they, the, the, the Democrats make this big issue about how the whistleblowers need to be protected. Guess what? There was a whistleblower who was in possession of documents regarding the Clinton Foundation, Uranium One. That whistleblower gave those, the, that information over to an inspector general. Guess what happened to that whistleblower? Their house was raided by the FBI. What special protection did that whistleblower have? None. None. Zero, zip, nada. Not even close. The FBI rummaged through this whistleblower's home for six hours, even after this whistleblower handed over the documents according to the whistleblower's attorney. These documents pertain to the Clinton Foundation and Uranium One. They, he gave them to a government watchdog, according to the attorney. The Justice Department's inspector general was informed that the documents show that federal officials failed to investigate potential criminal activity regarding former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, and Rosatom, which is the co- Russian company that purchased Uranium One. And guess what happened to him? He's his house is raided by the FBI. Yes, that's, that's a, whistleblower that a whistleblower that deserves protection.
0: And this got and this was a real whistleblower pointing out improper conduct, not not a politically motivated deep state exactly. operative uh, that's, that's trying to uh, un- under, undermine the president. The system has become more corrupt. It is rotten to the core. The Trump is fetted beyond anything I could have imagined growing up and, and even, Isn't that even, true? Even, even even two, three, four years ago. I mean, if you had told me, well, the FBI is gonna be political is gonna politically side with one political party and one ke- presidential candidate over another and try to help one candidate win, I would have gone, nah that, no, they, no, that no that that wouldn't happen. But it, it did happen. And and the whole the whole thing you have the you have ABC covering up for pedophile Jeffrey Epstein because yeah that would have hurt Hillary Clinton in 2016 and we were, out, we're out of time but there's the the level the stench of corruption coming out of the DC swamp is beyond you always, anything I could have imagined. You always seem to insert Epstein's name into the conversation who didn't kill himself <laughs> that's Look, all we or, have time for or, or as Alexander Ocasio-Cortez said Einstein did not
2: kill himself <laughs> she's so sweet the gift that keeps on giving and so are we on the Unite IE radio show every 4 p.m. on Saturday come back next Saturday we'll have more
4: when you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll.